Today, we will be continuing our current sermon series, Two Truths and a Lie. In honor of Graduation Sunday, our Director of Youth Ministry, Keith, will be teaching. <laughs> director of Youth Ministry. That's a, I've, <laughs> I've been called many things in just this time at Riverbend, and Director of Youth Ministry is a new one to me. Um, maybe I'll get more money this way. I don't know. <laughs> more than zero, which is, you know. One of the things that I really like about uh, being able to, to teach and bring a message to a, a bunch of people is because is the thing that it's really, it's a time when we could be focused on something. And I love the series Two Truths and a Lie, and we're going to get to that in a second. But um, it was also really cool that, that we could pray for these uh, students this morning and, and focus on that. And when, when Travis and, and Joe asked me to come and and give a message for, you know, this day, whatever it is, graduation day, transition day, I don't know what we call it, you know, sort of like, you know, director of student ministry. Um, the, uh, the, the opportunity was like, yeah, I could talk about this, I could talk about this, I could talk about this. And I think it was my wife who is the, the godly wisdom in my life for the most part, um, said to me, make sure that you're, you're speaking to everyone today, <laughs> you know. So... Um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with this, this little truth. He has a plan for your life. And of course, I wrote an exclamation point, so what that should sound like in your head is, he has a plan for your life. And most of this side of the church went... <laughs> but there will be some churches, and I did this uh, many, many years ago in a, in a much older church... <laughs> And they, they started to clap. They started, to, and I said it again. He has a plan for your life. There we go. See, there was more experience back then. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but if you keep thinking about this stuff, you will realize that, yes, it is true. Satan has a very real plan for your life. Right? Oops, hold on a second. I capitalized the he because it's the beginning of the sentence. Grammar nerd. But otherwise... That doesn't mean God has a plan for your life. He does, and I understand that. But the understanding that we've been talking about is Satan also has a plan for your life. Okay? Joe talked about this scripture um, last week. Let's put that up here. It's from Romans chapter 12, and it's one of my favorites. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This has been a, a scripture that I have held on to for many, many years. Because who doesn't want to know? Even in the times of graduation day, even in the times of, oh, we're going to do this. Maybe you're getting married. You know, what's ahead for me? Um, getting out of high school, where do I want to go to college? I don't know. You know, how do you, how do you tell what God's will is, right? So this is what you do. You go to the scriptures and you say, I'm not going to conform to the pattern of the world, but I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. All right, I could do that. But just those two words there that are highlighted in yellow, do not conform to the pattern of the world. If you think about it, the world, think of yourself as a sponge, okay, and the world being a jar. And maybe you're a pretty big sponge, 
like some of us are, you know. <laughs> and, and the jar is not too little. But you could get that, that sponge into the jar, you know. That's the whole act action of conforming to the pattern of the jar. You know, that sponge will look like the jar, you know. You, you're not supposed to conform. You're supposed to be transformed. You're supposed to not be a sponge. You know, you're supposed to, I didn't think this through, I didn't know what you were supposed to be thinking yourself as, but you're different. Maybe you're a rock, maybe you're a hairbrush, I don't know. But you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. By thinking of things differently, if you look at the, the sentence structure, Spiritual formation, how we develop over time, is becoming more and more like Jesus and less like the devil. More of like transformation, less like conformation. Not being conformed. Okay, got that? I know I almost said that when I said it out loud the first time, I was like, conformation is being conformed. But confirmation is something different. And we don't, I don't want to bust on confirmation in the church, you know, because being a responsible person to a body of believers is a very good thing, right? But being conformed to the world and being a sponge that's being squeezed into a place where it really shouldn't be is going to give you a hard time. If you're a sponge and you have an attitude or a mind, I don't know if sponges have minds. Maybe some biologists could help. Dave goes, I don't know. What do you know about sponges? Anyway, according to Dave, maybe a sponge has a mind. It probably doesn't like being conformed, I would think. You know, a sponge likes to be wide open, you know. Okay, so anyway, let's move on from that. Joe has been talking about how we can be transformed over the past couple of weeks, about how, we, how our minds think. In the book that we've been going through, which is by John Mark Comer, Lives, uh, Live No Lives, it's a, it's a book that talks about lots of different things. And one of the things he talks about was mental maps. Remember that from last week? Mental maps are a collection of ideas by which we navigate life. And our brains, whether it's based on what's, a, what's going on in the Bible or based on what's going on in some other book, our brains develop these mental maps and give us a, a way to move through life. All right? The truth, the reality of God's word should dictate the Christian's mental maps. Make sense? We, we're, we're called to be Christians, and, a, and the word Christian was originally used to, be, to identify these people as Christ-like, or even like little Christs in, in the literal translation of it. So we're supposed to be like Jesus. If you're going to be like Jesus, how do you do that? Well, first of all, you, you, you change the way you think and you stay away from those things that you are being conformed in. And Joe talked about how deceptive ideas and distorted realities, excuse me, disordered, distorted desires turn into destructive behaviors. Remember that? And if we can stay away from sin, that will help us develop these mental maps that are much more uh, appropriate for a Christian to use or to have happening in their head. I think it's a really cool idea that we follow God's word to dictate and to, uh, to form our mental maps. And if we could just get to that, it would be awesome. So let's look at a couple of different things. In 
John chapter 4. Jesus says this, and if you remember this, this is where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. Jesus said this, Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in the truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. See those two sides of it? God's talking, but Jesus is talking to this woman because she had all sorts of ideas. I know what, a, or what the prophets say. She, she didn't like, you know, say it that way, but she, she, she strictly understood what had been said about the Messiah, but she didn't even know who she was talking to. It's not just enough to know. You've got to understand true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. And let's look at that for just a little bit of a second. Worshiping in truth is, is something that's pretty easy. I mean, what is truth? And we as Christians believe that truth is the Bible. Truth is the word of God. So understanding the word of God is important. But look at the other side of it. What is, this, what is in the spirit? And Comer talks about this in his book. And he says, worshiping in the spirit is a relationship. Okay, that you have. And in this, in this sense, it's a relationship with your connection with God. All right? In, what he talks about is even human relationships will reflect this attitude. And he talks all different kinds of ways that um, parents uh, influence their children and the children are influenced by other things. And it, 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 it's a long book. But anyway... <laughs> He's talking about worshiping in the spirit, just as Adam, the first human, Adam actually means human, and Eve means life, so we're talking about human life, so we can all now connect to Adam and Eve. Adam walked with God through the, before the whole sin thing came in. They were walking together. They, had, you know, they enjoyed each other's presence. They talked to each other, and he gave them, God gave Adam things to do. Wouldn't that be perfect? I mean, how many of us haven't thought about living a life where we were just connected to God at all times and not have to worry about anything else? It almost sounds ridiculous to think that way. But this is the goal that God wanted. He wants, to have, he wants us to have this, this relationship with him. He gave us Jesus then to get rid of that sin issue that Adam brought into it. And then when Jesus went up to heaven, after he rose again from the dead, being crucified on the cross for the sins of us, God gave us his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit lives with us, lives in us. Right? So God just didn't leave us alone. He wanted this whole in the spirit, the worshiping in the spirit to be a, a main factor. The woman at the well didn't have this connection. She knew things, but she didn't really know him. She didn't understand and appreciate Jesus being the one, the Messiah. And then it blew her mind when, when he points it out to her and she goes back and, ah, you know, awesome experience for her. 
But in this case, the in the spirit is God wanting to, to live with us. In Hebrews chapter 4, we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every ways, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So Jesus is our high priest. He was tempted in every way, but he did not sin. It's, Comer points it out this way. It's by spirit and truth that we are transformed into the image of Jesus. The opposite, it's by isolation and lies that we are conformed into the image of the devil. If we're to walk with Jesus, if we're to have that connection with Jesus, we need to understand him and, and be able to relate to him. And so in spirit and truth, we come to him and we, we share our lives with him. But how do you stay away from isolation and lies? Because we don't want to be the image of the devil. We don't want to be that conformed issue. We want to have... We want to be more like Jesus and be transformed so we think about things differently. And in a day like this where we're celebrating a baby, dedicating him to following and help, helping us to, to lead him in the ways of Christ, that's huge. Praying for kids who are graduating and moving on into other things or starting you know, to understand life not being in school or having to pay for college anymore, whoa, incredible huge issues that we need to pray for and deal with. So how do we understand that? And if we really think about it, every Sunday we do this, we come together and we say, how do we get on being more like Jesus? How do we understand being more like Jesus? What do we do? How do we get past this pressure of the world and live like Jesus so that we can, like the scripture that's in my head, but not on the screen right now, <laughs> Know his good and perfect will. <laughs> okay, so let's look at that. Jesus gives us an example in Luke verse, uh, chapter 4. So let me give you a little uh, setup here. Jesus was just introduced by God. You know, he was just baptized by John in the river. And he was, <laughs> God's presence was there. And God made this announcement, this is my son, Old man, that's got to be an amazing time, right? So Jesus is, and he knew what was going on, but the rest of the world really didn't know yet. Some of us, some of them did. John, for example, but this is what happens in Jesus, and uh, excuse me, Luke chapter four. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was very hungry. The devil said, if, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, man shall not live by bread alone. Deuteronomy 8.3. I don't think that Jesus said Deuteronomy 8.3 like you know we teach our kids to say. <laughs> but I wanted to give you that reference because it's in my Bible too. It doesn't say do it says A. But I gave you the reference there because he's quoting the scriptures back. God says, or Jesus says, I understand you, Satan, are trying to tempt me. But here's the answer. Man shall not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up 
to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Verse 6. And he said to them, I will give you all the authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I could give it to anyone I want. Right? If you worship me, the devil says, it will be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Once again, Deuteronomy 6.13. Jesus was a real Deuteronomy guy, wasn't he? The devil, in verse 9, then led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. Then they will lift you up with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. That's the reference. Apparently, the devil knows it too because it's in Deuteronomy 6 also. So, Jesus answers back and says, it is said, do not put your Lord God to the test. I'm sorry, I had the reference wrong. The devil was quoting Psalms. It's up there on the screen. The devil's quoting Psalms, and Jesus comes back with his favorite book. When the devil's finished tempting him, he left him. Until he could find an opportune time. All right. So this is really cool for us to see. At this time, Jesus is just starting out his ministry. He's just identified as, as God, as the Lord Jesus, as the Son of the Most High. He's just identified that way publicly, and the Spirit leads him off to the wilderness. Check that. The Spirit leads him off to the wilderness. God, the first time, gives him an understanding of this is, what, this is how I want you to live. Follow me. Jesus said at different times, I don't do it unless I see the Father doing it. You know, God's Spirit was supposed to be even leading Christ at this time. We have been given that same Spirit. The directions that we have and the ways that we go should be following the Spirit of God. One of my favorite answers to... to uh, and this is probably inappropriate on the day of graduation time, but one of my favorite answers to kids over the years when they ask me, Keith, where do you think God wants me to go to college? You know what my answer is? It could be that God just doesn't care. Oh my goodness. That usually shakes him, right? And it's on purpose to shake him because the thing is, God wants you to follow him wherever he goes. He doesn't want God himself to follow you where you go. If you go to Lehigh University, good for you. But if you went to Penn State, you'd be better, but you, no, I'm just <laughs> Had to get that. <laughs> if you went to Penn State, God would still if God is there, and God, I mean, excuse me, if you are with God and you're going to Penn State, that's where God wants you. If you are with God and you're going to Lehigh, that's where God wants you. If you are with God and you're going to Allentown, that's where God wants you. 
Because God doesn't want you specifically to make that choice. He wants you to follow him where, you're, where he's going. And he wants you to walk, to walk with him. His, his Holy Spirit comes with us. As a Christian, when we, when we accept the death of Jesus on the cross, it's re- that new heart is recreated and the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. God is the Holy Spirit. God is Jesus. God is God the Father. God's Holy Spirit lives in us, and now we are new creations following along with that Holy Spirit. The, uh, somewhere along the line, I heard the word paraclete, which I believe is a, a, a word that means to come alongside. A, a person who would march in, a, in, in battle with another one to, to carry or to assist is a paraclete. And the Holy Spirit is, is described that way as a paraclete to us as believers. We walk with him. We move with him. So in this case, Jesus now is showing us that he's going to make a new, he's going to take the narrative that Adam initially set up in the, in the Garden of Eden, and he's going to flip it around because this is the way he wants us to live. Jesus, first Adam and Eve. Adam uh, was the, 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 the name Adam means human, right? So now, the second Adam is what the, what, the scripture, what the scriptures call Jesus at times. Adam screwed up. Jesus is now giving us the right way to go. Adam was in the garden, very lush, very, everything that was there. Jesus is in the wilderness. Sometimes it's described as desert. Okay, completely different, turning it upside down. Adam was eating forbidden fruit. Jesus is eating nothing. Once again, turning it upside down, Adam says to God, and Jesus says everything that God's telling him to do. Jesus is fully on God's side. If we understand what Jesus is doing in this desert opportunity, in this time of testing or transformation, we can understand it better for our own lives, too. We can see what, how God wants us to live. Spiritual formation has a couple of disciplines that we can learn out of this. First of all, quiet prayer. Jesus was alone in the desert. He was led by the Spirit. There was no other inputs going on. Jesus' mental maps were, were really on par because he was using Scripture to dictate, to dictate what he was doing. When we are finding ourselves in spiritual formation, whether that be graduation, wedding, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever it is, we need to check our spiritual maps. We need to, to get ourselves in quiet places and be alone with nothing else but God. And it's not a place to relax, not a place to recharge. And this is a really cool quote that I heard from one of my favorite writers over the years, Henri Nguyen. I love saying his name, too. In the way of the heart, he says, solitude is not a private therapeutic place. Rather, solitude is the furnace of transformation. And I was like, yeah, dude. Without solitude, we remain victims in our society and continue to be entangled in the illusions of false self. If we don't have that understanding of solitude, 
it's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult for us to understand and focus on what God wants for us, what God has, has said to us or is saying to us or moving us in what direction because of all the other stuff that's going on. And it's a, it's a struggle. God doesn't care where you go to college. He wants you to make sure that you go with him. God doesn't care necessarily. And just saying it that way, it sounds kind of, you know, that God doesn't care about us. The rest of the scripture shows us how much he loves us. It just doesn't matter what we think. <laughs> it should matter what God thinks. And therefore, the scripture is the most important part of our understanding of spiritual transformation, or formation, excuse me. The scripture, and this is a, a warning from, from me, that it's not a magic incantation. You just can't remember a verse and go, all right? If you haven't internalized it into your heart, it's not going to change you. If it's something in your mind, perhaps it'll you know, eventually get to your heart. All right? But the devil knows scriptures too, like we pointed out earlier when I screwed it up and said he was in Deuteronomy and not Psalms. But the devil knows scriptures too. Jesus used scripture in response to what the devil was saying. He countered the lies of the devil. So you know the scriptures and you think on the scriptures. Paul says in Romans 8, 9, 8, 8, 6, the mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Once again, knowing the word of God, or at least knowing where the word of God is, that you can find it, and it's within your reach, <laughs> is really key. You can't live as a Christian if you don't know Scripture. And I'm not going to say here, okay, what we need to do now is get into memorizing all the scriptures that we can, which, which is beneficial for many, but doesn't always help many too. I have never been able to memorize long things of passages of scripture. However, I do know where my Bible is at all times. We had a, I had a friend who used to say, don't come to church. Without your Bible. <laughs> because you've got to know what's going on in that word. If somebody's talking to you about something, make sure he's telling you the truth. If you hear something on the radio, make sure they're saying the truth. The scripture will guide you. The scripture will lead you. And we don't spend enough time in the scripture to know it like Jesus had and to, to, to be able to understand it how it makes a difference in our lives. We need to do more of that. We need to get to know the scripture because that's how we renew our mind. We think about things differently. I think half of the things that, half of the problems we have about being Christians in today's society, this is Keith speaking and not anybody in a book that I've ever read, mostly I believe it's because we don't give God enough credit. We think, oh, I did that. Oh, he did that. Oh, look what they're doing. If we thought that Christians are, are motivated and moved by God, and we see Christians doing something, we should first give God the glory and praise. And therefore, and then elevate his name over the rest of our names, and give him the glory, and we will be blessed by that. If we continue to say, oh, it took me a, such a long time to get through this, 
this schooling that I did. I just graduated from college, and I'm just, oh, that was awful. I'm, but I'm glad to be out of it. I really, I made a difference. Uh, oh. If you're a Christian, and you're, uh, you really believe that God is moving you along the way and walking with you through the whole thing, first give him credit. And, don't, and see then that you, you'll be blessed much more often. So all this to say, read your Bible and pray, right? <laughs> Our fight, John, Comer, John Mark Comer said this, and this is uh, one that Joe used, and I want to show you again. Our fight with the devil is first and foremost a fight that will take back control of the minds from their captivity to lies and liberate them with the weapon of truth. The Bible is the weapon of truth, right? And our fight with the devil, we've talked about that over a couple of weeks, the fight with the devil is real. Our minds are just a crazy place sometimes. But it's a real fight. And when we control our minds, when we renew our thinking, when we change it into the ways that God wants us to be, then we can, we can see a difference. We can see liberation from the problems that we have. We can see blessing that we can be to, to people. Because God is moving and changing us and growing and, and, and our faith is growing. It's not a commentary about Nope, I want to say that. It's not a it's not I don't want to read and, and I, I, I like books. I love books. I'm a I'm an editor, all right? I love books. I love to read books. And in fact my wife yells at me when I don't read books. She's like, I fell in love with you when you used to read books all the time. Now you play a game, which is true. But I also read books. <laughs> but I truthfully want to read the, the Word of God more than the books, right? I make it a point to try to read the Scripture, all the, all the whole Bible through at least once a year. There's been a couple of years that I've done it like three times a year. And... And it's something like, it's like, for me, it's like going back to a, a, one of my favorite movies, not a Hallmark Channel movie. <laughs> it's like, it gets into me, right? I, I've, I'm comfortable with the word. I can feel the stories and just not read them on a page. You know, I, I can't, I can quote some things, but, you know, I'm better at quoting Top Gun than I am quoting Deuteronomy. Um, but that's the, that's the relationship that God wants us to have. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect on it. <laughs> no way. But you know what? I'm, I've said enough. Why don't we bring the uh, worship team. What, are they all having coffee or what? <laughs> no, let's bring them back up here. Uh, oh, by, by the way, keep coming, keep coming. By the way, I forgot about this. It's, it's called Two Truths and a Lie. So here we are. This is the first truth right here for the struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is, is against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. That was Paul's idea. Here's the other one from Peter. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy of the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the flesh. Stand. Because you know, 
The family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Truth. The Bible isn't relevant for today. Lie. Lie. 